Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Glad to be back with you this afternoon. I am back. I was away uh, yesterday as uh, I was uh, in California officiating a memorial service of a family that I grew up with, their father. And it was actually the father-in-law of the brother that invited me to church back in 1991, uh, who I've known since I was nine. And those are the kind of relationships uh, that that you definitely want to uh, nurture and enhance. And I got the call last week, late last week, and you know, you just rearrange your life for, for your friends like that. So we flew out to not only uh, express our condolences, but I also had the privilege of officiating uh, the memorial service there in Costa Mesa, California. So good to be back. Uh, I'm not sure who filled in for me yesterday, uh, but whoever did, thank you, thank you, thank you for um, filling in and uh, serving. It was Jason, Jason Vandeveer. Thank you, Jason, uh, Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. Appreciate you filling in. And I'm back. The number to dial is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. The texting number is 720-336-0897. Thursdays uh, are always a day in the beginning of the show where the lines are wide open. They don't fill up as fast as they do on Wednesday. And so we are welcoming you in. Uh, Give us a call, whether you're listening on Grace FM up and down the front range here in Colorado live, or you're tuned in on Hope FM throughout Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey. We also just recently got word, it's not done yet, but Calvary Live is going to begin airing in South Carolina and Tennessee uh, here very soon. Uh, And one other station that I don't know what city it's covered, but uh, as the word gets out, for this particular program, uh, many <clears throat> radio stations are expressing interest in picking it up and carrying it, and we're expressing interest in in the privilege of serving you no matter where you are, all are up and down uh, the front range and around the country, and of course you guys that listen online, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Ed, pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, the Calvary Church here. We're so blessed to be a part of all that God is doing. And we got open lines, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Always want to take a moment to thank you for supporting the station financially. Uh, you can do that on our app, which is free, <clears throat> or you can do it on online at gracefm.com, gracefm.com. Uh, you can support us with a one-time gift. You can do, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I 
here's the thing about my um, clearing out my throat. Uh, in California, we stopped by um, an Agos Frescas store, uh, which is Mexican juices uh, near where my mother-in-law lives, generally where I grew up, and I got some spicy gummy worms. Uh, those of you that know me know that I'm a candy guy. I'm especially a, I especially like Mexican candy, and and so just before the show, as I was praying and talking with Frank, I was eating some gummy worms with chamoy chili on it, uh, which are amazingly good, but it's stuck in my throat, so I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully, I can clear it up. But uh, I love Mexican candy, tamarindo candy, um, all of that is is what I grew up on and what I like. So I brought a little bit home from California and I was sneaking in a few pieces before the show. Sorry about that. Uh, 303-690-3000. We were talking about uh, giving to the station. Please do uh, consider giving, uh, giving even generously. Uh, for those of you that do, thank you so much. It it helps to, uh, it helps to bring, uh, you know, pay the bills because there's ongoing uh, responsibilities for Grace FM and your regular giving, no matter what it is, uh, goes a long way in helping technology, you know, all the technology, all the stuff uh, that helps keep the station on the air. Another thing while we're waiting for calls, because I do see the phone lines, um, I do see the phone lines lighting up right now. Uh, another thing I want you to pray about is tomorrow morning here at Calvary Aurora at 9 a.m., we are hosting our first pastor's breakfast of 2018. And what that means is, is as a church, we are, and a radio station, we are investing in the pastors of our community and inviting them for a free catered breakfast. And we're flying in a pastor uh, from Washington State. His name is Wayne Taylor. He's one of the original Calvary pastors uh, that launched off 40 plus years ago to plant a church up in Seattle. And he is just a man of love and grace, and we are eager to hear what the word of the Lord is from him to us, and it's just to encourage pastors, and this is for pastors of any denomination, pastors, assistant pastors, and elders. Uh, we have our largest uh, registration that we've ever had. We've done this many times. Uh, we try to do it quarterly if our our calendar church calendar allows it, and this is the largest registration that we've ever had. So for that, we're very grateful because I have a personal burden and that burden is shared by our staff and our team to encourage pastors, uh, to encourage them and their wives, to build you up in the faith, uh, to give to you uh, and not expect anything in return. Uh, and so this gathering is not a sales pitch. We're not going to have special presentations. Um, it, it's simply a servant or a service to our community uh, from the heart of our church and the volunteers and everyone that's made. I mean, they, they're working so hard getting everything ready. Uh, we're even uh, working hard in the final stages to get the live stream working downstairs in our building uh, and just putting all the pieces together. And very, very excited uh, that we have so many pastors coming. So pray for us tomorrow when you think of it, 9 a.m., uh, probably about 9 to 11 or so. And then, of course, the guys' fellowship, and uh, you know, a lot of the guys are already friends. They they get to um, talk to each other, like because they don't get a lot of time. Pastors are run, run, running all the time, so you get to hang out together. And then also, um, um, you've got um, um, the opportunity to meet new guys. 
Uh, and so this is not exclusively a Calvary Chapel event. Um, we are uh, desiring to pour into the pastors of our city that we yoke arm in arm with um, in a variety of denominations. Of course, uh, exclusive to those that are teaching the truth, uh, those that are, um, you know, not cults, of course. Um, but guys, you know, we realize that there's a ver- variety and a diversity in the body of Christ, and and we, we acknowledge that. Uh, and we're grateful for our family, Calvary. You know, I'm grateful to be a part of the Calvary family, but God could have saved me in a Baptist church, in a Foursquare church, in a Assembly of God church. He could have saved me in the vineyard. He could have saved me in a non-denominational church, uh, in a Methodist church, on and on. He, You know, we could have got saved in a... But this is the path that God has for us. So tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., pastors, it's not too late. Uh, if you want to just show up, uh, we'll figure it out. If you just want to need to be encouraged and you're you're just struggling right now, and you don't know what is going to happen in your church. You don't know how things are going to get, how the bills are going to get paid, or how you know the new church came to town and and um, you know seemed to take some of your people, or um, you know you don't feel like you have passion or vision anymore. Whatever, um, don't be alone in the morning. Come to Calvary Aurora. We're at Hampton and Tower, right next to the Safeway. We're gonna everything starts at nine a.m. Um, Pastor Wayne is going to share a word with us, and then. And then he's going to, from his years of experience and what the Holy Spirit gives him, he's going to, um, uh, he is going to go do a Q&A for us. Uh, And so uh, just anything that's on your heart, he's he's there to to help us process all that. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's move right to the phone lines. Sandra is calling from Thornton, Colorado. Sandra, welcome to the program. Hi, um, I just basically needed some guidance. Um, so okay. I, I know what the Bible says about marriage and, um, you know, that he hates divorce. But yes. I just, in my marriage, we're going through a difficult time as far as, you know, he's not really a Christian. Um, and obviously I knew that before I got married to him, um, but I'm already married. We have yes, a son, and um, basically I'm just confused on where... Our relationship just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, and our views of life, how we raise our sons, are just so extremely different because of that. And I've tried, yeah. you know, I've listened to previous callers throughout the years, and it's, you know, pray for him and pray for your marriage and just kind of fight for it. Um, and I guess I just, I don't know where to go after so many years of doing that, and it just doesn't work. Well, you know, a lot of times um, I use testimonies like yours to really uh, strongly encourage the ones that are not married yet, that are listening to me, to say, just don't do it, and don't don't be unequally yoked, like the Bible says. And and I'll say, if you want to talk to somebody that that has not listened to this advice, I'm sure they'd be willing to tell you how hard it is, and you're one of those. You're one of those testimonies. I'm I'm sorry that it's it's been so hard. The you know the consequences of your decision because you knew he wasn't a believer beforehand. You know they're just they're just so painful and so hard. And you know if if you're not in any physical danger, um, like you know if you are in any physical danger, then you need to get to safety right away. But if it's if if you're not in any physical danger, then the Bible says you're to stay married. And 
you're not to stay married as a as a punishment because sometimes that's how it feels and you're not to stay married so you can just pay the price for your bad decisions no you're to stay married because you are one of the closest tools in God's hands to reach your husband i mean think about it of all the difficulties that you experience with him you can you you still love him like you still care for him you still see the best in him you still have hope for him and you begin to think of all the people around him that who really sees your husband like you do um of course it's sometimes clouded out and and sometimes you can't feel that or see that because it gets hard you know you disagree all the time you argue all the time he makes it very very hard for you to live the christian life he makes it very hard for the home to be a home dedicated to god and and, and you know it's it's even those that are that that are married to a believer have to endure this sometimes as well and so you know the the reality of the advice is you're right you know praying for him changes your heart more than it changes his you know it adjusts you to the circumstance and and finding ways to see the best in him um i i would give you the same advice if you were married to a believer and going through it i would say you know start begin take a take a, a sheet of paper out and every day begin to write something good about your husband that you see in him um for example maybe today um you write down he he went to work and provides for the family and then tomorrow you know he was kind to me or I, I think that if you if you shifted your thinking just a little bit, it will take the edge off on how hard it is to be to be married to an unbeliever. That's that's definitely good advice. I've heard that before. I guess you know, and if you have other advice, so my main things are just like I said, how we're raising our son, what he's being, what my son is being influenced with. Because obviously, you know, I'm trying to teach him the right way, and when he sees his dad doing things that are wrong or behaving that are wrong, you know, it's hard because I'm married to him. And so it's easy for me to think if I'm just not in the situation, you know, he's not going to be exposed as much and I can show him what it is to truly, you know, live this way. And so I, I don't know if you have any advice for that, but. Well, basically, you know, living, living in an unequally yoked relationship, besides the emotional things that you feel is kind of like walking through a minefield, like a land with a, a field with a bunch of land mines in it. And you got to be very careful how you walk and very careful how you talk because the, there's so much temptation to act just like he does, you know, and get mad at him and, and, in, and start fighting for your rights. And, and don't you know what you're doing to our son? And, 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 you know, that's always counterproductive because the way that your son is going to be reached is through love. And let, let me give you a couple of, of resources uh, from women who have gone through exactly what you have gone through. You ready? Yeah. You ready to write it down? Yeah. Okay. One of them is a book called the, I, I believe it's called The Way of Agape. Uh, let me see if I can find it. It just popped into my mind right now. Um, it was um, husband and a wife. I'm going to look while I'm talking. Um, a husband and a wife. I'm trying to think. Nancy Missler, M I S S L E R, and it is her life story of understanding God's love as it relates to loving your husband, a difficult man to love. Yeah, 
let me see if I can see if she wrote something specific. Uh, here's another book about their marriage. It's called Why Should I Be the First to Change? The Key to a Loving Marriage. Again, the last name is Missler, M-I-S-S-L-E-R. <clears throat> that kind of actually um, brought up another question. I don't know if there's other callers behind me. Um, there but there is, but before we get to the next... Hold on. Before we get to the next question, let me finish. Let's go. Let me just get this out so so you can write this one down too, um, because this was a very very important one from a more recent marriage. It's called spiritual mismatch. Spiritual mismatch by Leslie Strobel. S T R O B E L. And so, before you get to the next question, let me just say this. I know that the life that you've been living has been one filled with advice. It's been filled with suggestions. It's been filled with book recommendations. And you might be a little tired of it all right now because <clears throat> you've taken some of the suggestions and you've read some of the books and nothing has changed. But you have to learn, just like I have to learn with other circumstances in my life, not in my marriage, but in other things, to get my eyes off of the problem and to keep my eyes fixed on who Jesus is and what he's doing in my life. Because God has allowed things in my life that are outside of my control, that, that are very painful and very, um, you know, there's not another word for it, but evil. It's just evil. And it relates to other people and decisions and such that are completely out of my control. And if I, if it's all I do is think about that and worry about that and get mad about that, I'll just become a bitter, angry man that just is under the yoke of my own flesh. But what God has revealed to me is that he's allowed these things in my life. He's even sent it perhaps so that I might live in a closer relationship with him and that actually the situations in my life aren't the issue at all. It's my personal walk with the Lord is the issue. So don't don't be careful not to quickly dismiss things that you've heard before because the things that we hear over and over again are most likely sent to us by God. Okay, I just want to get that out. And that's for sake of anyone else listening in. What's your follow-up? What's your other question? So my next question, um, I guess, was kind of, you know, we've had the discussions, and of course it's always, you know, being thrown in my face. Well, if you believe in God so much, doesn't the Bible say, you know, respect the husband and do as he says and follow him? And I, I have heard that, so I know that. But it's hard when I feel like he's making bad decisions. So it's hard for me to agree and follow my husband and, you know, support him when I don't feel like it's the right thing. Well, let, let me ask you a question, because what your husband said is a real great opportunity to talk to him about something important. So do you just accept what your husband said, that the Bible says for your wives just to respect your husband's? Do you do you think that's what it says? No, no, well, to an extent, and I know that what his responsibility is to me. But let's go back to you. Do you really think that's what the Bible says? I don't. Because there's a key piece exactly to that. So, so here, here's what here's the point I'm trying to make. Like you, you, you as a, a woman in a very difficult situation, you, you really need to master the scriptures. Your unbelieving husband should not be able to use the Bible against you 
because he never reads the Bible. He doesn't know anything about the Bible. And what he's saying to you is actually misquoting the Bible. So here's what the Bible says. You ready? Right. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And it's not just respect your husbands in every decision he makes. It's to submit to them as to the Lord. And if your husband, any even any believing husband, is leading you down towards something that isn't unto the Lord or isn't from the Lord, you have no obligation to submit to that. And so your husband's not even quoting the Bible correctly. But at the same time, if your husband's going to quote the Bible, you should be able to turn around and say, Honey, do you really want to study the Bible? Because that's a great passage of the Bible. Let's read it together. Because the very next one says that the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is head of the church. And he's the savior of the body. And so in this relationship of husbands and wives, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives just like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. I mean, if he really wants to use the Bible, then let's use the Bible. But as a woman of God, as a woman that has to endure so many consequences of decisions you've made in the past, don't make it worse for yourself by not taking this opportunity to really dig deep with the things of God. Because there's a lot of things you know, your husband can do that you have no control over, but he can't stop you from praying with your son. He can't stop you from studying the Bible. He can't stop you from going to church. He can't stop you from loving him unconditionally. He can't stop you from trying to have a conversation. If he's going to use the Bible to have a conversation with him, he can't stop you from those things. And so all of this energy and effort, if you will just turn it, you know, when somebody is telling you to pray for your husband, it's more than just pray for your husband. It's developing that personal spiritual life through this significant trial that you're going through. And none of it's wasted. Recently, we just went through a series of Bible studies here at, at our church um, that I taught, uh, you know, that were born out of some grief and pain in my own life. And it was the series was called Help for the Troubled Heart. And I really think that these seven Bible studies would greatly encourage you and prepare you uh, to, to love your husband and to be the woman that God wants you to be. And who knows, because I tell you what, in many ways, uh, in many ways, my sister, I used to be that man. And I remember very specifically uh, finding a scripture in the Bible and and telling Marie um, that when I, when I came, you know, because I was a very abusive and very mean husband before I got saved, just very bad man. And after I got saved, I was, God was still working on those things in my life, but I was fighting him. And the Bible, you know, when the Bible said, submit to your husbands, I would come to Marie and I would come to Marie and say, see, I was right all along. The Bible says you're supposed to. And, you know, and I was a male chauvinist and so many other bad things about my life. But I share that only to say that God was able to change me. And if God was able to reach me, then he's able to reach your husband. But you need the whole purpose. I think we took so much time on this call today. The whole purpose is this. It's your spiritual life that God is wanting to develop. Well, I mean, I've been feeling that too. So I, I'm glad that it, it's kind of confirmation because, you know, it's it's misleading. I read passages and I feel like I, I, some parts I'm reading what I want to read and then other parts counteract it and... So you kind of just oh, yeah. confirmed that 
I just need to seek for myself, and he's got the rest. And and you're going to grow. I mean, he's he's going to comfort you, and and you're going to ex- you know he's the god of all comfort. What what hinders it is that we we make one bad decision, and then we make another bad decision. We make another bad, and on top of it, and before you know it, we. We, we find like, well, Christianity doesn't work, and why should I be a believer anyway? And look at my husband. And, and all the while, the Lord's saying, no, no, don't look at your husband. Don't look at your husband. Look to me. Don't, don't, don't get discouraged. You know, you're already going to be discouraged, so don't make it worse by just focusing on your husband and continue to serve him and watch. The, it's not just a power. It's not just a decision thing either. It's not just like, well, I'm going to do it because I have to. Like God is ready. He is ready to pour into you as a wife, a love for your husband like no one else. And not that it's not going to still be hard or difficult, because it will be, because you're unequally yoked. But but at the same time, the God can shave off the corners of the and the rough edges of the pain and the hurt and the difficulty. And maybe, you know, we, by faith, we're just thinking, man, in six months or three months, you're going to call back, or maybe your husband's going to call back and say, you know what? Uh, I'm a changed man because of the love of my wife. And I love God now because I saw the love of God in her. When I when I tried my best to discourage her and I tried my best to push her away, um, she wouldn't. And and your whole life, this whole this phone call today could be the whole hinge of an entire change of life for you and your son. Here, before we go, let me pray for you. Father, you, you, um, you hear and see the tears in Sandra and, and the frustration that, that we acknowledge that a 20-minute phone call it, it isn't going to solve every problem in our life, God. But, but we know that you're faithful and that, that, that you, 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 Lord, are the God of hope. Uh, you give us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. And so I pray for my sister, God, that as she listened to to me and some things were confirmed in her heart and her mind um, that you would strengthen her in this relationship and make her a stronger woman, uh, a woman of God, a wife, and a mom and a friend uh, as you work in her marriage through her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, Bye-bye. sister, stay in touch, okay? Thank you. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to coming up on the end of the first half, so we'll just wait to take calls until after the break. So, uh give us a give us a minute to um finish through the top of the hour as we you know, I know a lot of you are are facing similar situations and difficulties and and you hear the counsel uh, over the radio, and some of you are just like, forget that guy, man. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't have this kind of marriage. He doesn't know. And and I, I would just remind you that as people are giving you counsel and opening the Bible to you, that we don't have to know. Uh, we don't have to know what you're going through in order to uh, give the truth of the Word of God. And the Word of God is powerful whether you believe it or not. Uh, it's powerful to encourage and uplift and as I gave some of those recommendations for you guys that are in similar situations, uh, spiritual mismatch by Lee, St- by, uh, Lee Strobel's wife, and also why do I have to be the first to change or the way of agape by Nancy Missler. Nancy's now in heaven. Uh, she's been in heaven for a while now, but their Missler's ministry has been very powerful. Um, you know, don't 
just discount it because of the pain. Don't just dismiss it. Um, you know, think, well, it'll never happen. Well, you know what? That's that's just your faith being undermined. And pray that God would increase your faith and strengthen you to the point where you can live another day strengthened by grace and built up. Got open lines, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We'll be right back on Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to today's edition of Calvary Live. We're at the second half of our program today, taking your calls and your question and taking uh, the opportunity to answer your calls, 303-690-3000, You can always text. Sometimes we have time to get to the text questions. 720-336-0897. There is a prayer request for Ashlyn. Uh, it continues. Uh, heart is not functioning and she's going to be receiving a pacemaker tomorrow. Uh, so we want to pray for little Ashlyn. 303-690-3000 is the number while we're praying. So God, we lift up little Ashlyn to you in this continual battle for her health and her heart, God. Would you um, be with the doctors and and everyone that is taking care of her, God, that uh, would minister to her, um, serve her, and, and Lord, we know that you're the God of of even of healing. You're the Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And and so I just ask God that you that you would do the work of the ministry in her life, Lord, and be with her family. In Jesus' name. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. Give us a call. Um taking your calls and your questions. And let's see what we got here. Uh, let's see who's next. I got to scroll up for David. It looks like David is calling on line number two. David, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you doing, Pastor Ed? Good, David. What's up? Uh, yes, um, I wanted to pray, um, you know, I believe in the power of prayer and uniting in prayer, and I was dropping off something for one of my customers today, it's like, hey, how are you doing? And they just kind of stood there really cold um, and said, oh, you know, my well, my dad's inside right now, and he's dying, he's, uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming hospice, and <clears throat> I was, you know, I'm like, okay, and I'm I like I know I don't have a lot of time, and as I'm stepping off the porch, the Lord pricks my heart, and I'm just like, "Hey," because um, I've never really spoken to this person as a new customer. I go, 
can I pray for you? She was like, yeah. So I started praying, and, of course, she, she broke down in tears. And she's like, where did you learn to talk like that? I'm like, you know, just Jesus. That's that's where I learned to talk like that, Jesus. She's like, well, thank you, and what's your name? And anyways, the point is, her name is Denise. Uh, her father's name is Harvey. Um, I'm not sure if he's passed away yet or if he's still alive. I, I don't know. I just really wanted to get as many people as I could to pray for her and Harvey, uh, for her father, Harvey, and not just that he, whether he stays here on earth any longer, or he goes to, hopefully, if he's received Jesus as the Lord and Savior, or he does receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior before he passes, that, you know, he goes to be with Jesus, but that the Lord will also take this, you know, this heart, this heart-wrenching, you know, um, moment in someone's life and losing your father and bring them closer to God and to each other, you know, with their loved ones and family. And uh, I really pray for that, and I was wondering if you would pray with me on that, because I prayed for her for the moment. I didn't have a lot to ask any questions, and I just, like someone else who, you know, prayer partner on this situation, so I called up, call you, Pastor Ed, and pray for this lady, Denise, and her father, Harvey. Okay, you want to you want to lead that prayer? Uh yeah, sure. And then uh Do it. yeah, definitely tailgate it. Okay, go for uh, it. Father Father God, right now we just come before you, Daddy God, and um, just lift up, you know, this woman Denise again um and to you and her father Harvey. Um I don't know what it's like to lose a dad, but I know what it's like to lose someone you really love and care about. Yeah. And Father God, you know you know what it was like watching your son. And I just ask that you would comfort Denise and her family. I mean, I'm sure it's not just her daughter, but it's other members in the family. And I just ask you would comfort her and her family in a way that you know that they need it. And I don't know if they know you, Lord Jesus. I don't know if they know you as their Lord and Savior. And I'm thankful that she let me pray for her. I just ask that you would comfort her in this time. You would give them strength, that strength where they, they normally cannot find it, strength that comes out of nowhere that they've never had before, the strength to be able to let go and trust in your love for them and your healing and your protection and guidance, um, to realize that this is not the end, um, and life will go on. And, Lord God, I know that you can do a miracle. You can heal her father. Um, I just kind of got in my heart that it's time to let go and trust in you. Um, whether Harvey lives here a little longer here on earth or he goes to be with you, Lord Jesus, that's the most important thing in my heart is that you talk to his heart that whether or not he's accepted you as his Lord and Savior, because that's what matters. This death, you know, this life, it only lasts so long, but, you know, our souls are eternal and you made us that way and you want to Harvey to spend time with you in heaven. So, Lord Jesus, hmm. watch his heart. Speak to him. Yeah, yeah. And, Lord, I agree with my brother, you know, the you know, the great difficulties of, uh, of and great difficulties, great challenges uh, when it comes to seeing someone we love sick and, and fighting for life, God. So we just pray that you would bring strength and healing to his body, but more than anything, bring about a a um, a work of your Holy Spirit in saving him, uh, that he would submit and surrender his life to you. Uh, and God, you know, you know what you want to do. 
and you know how you want to accomplish it. So bless them, Lord, and uh, bring blessings in that family. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank, thank you, uh, Pastor Ed. Thank you for praying for this family with me. You're welcome. I Thanks hope for you have a calling, great, bro. and thank you for everything you share. God bless. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. is the number. Dawn in Denver. Dawn, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you. Um, I had um, a comment and then a prayer request. Um, Okay. I was listening to you speak to, was it Sandra? It was, let's see, Uh, it was Sandra, yep. Yeah, okay. Um, And I just wanted to... um, um, echo um, how painful, how terribly painful it is to be unequally yoked. I've been married for over 40 years, uh, and he says he's, he's a believer and so forth, but um, his actions, our actions, I mean, um, I'm not where I want to be either, but it, it, it's just so um, exhausting and tiring trying to be the lead of the, in the family and but the worst part, and I'm saying this for for people who aren't married yet, don't do it. It's not worth it. Forty years of struggling, and now my children um, aren't believers, and their children aren't. I'm trying really hard with my grandchildren, but it it, it just it kills me to think that my children and my grandchildren may not make it to heaven. It's just don't do it. Um, find wait until. God gives you that perfect person who is yes. a believer because it's just a heartache that does not, you know, I've been praying and waiting for 40, over 40 years, and I'm still waiting and I'm still praying and yes. uh, for that miracle. So um, just don't do it. No matter how handsome you think he is or how head over heels, mm-hmm. he'll, yes. don't do it because, it, for one thing, um, it's just not blessed by God, and, and it, it's it's a hard, hard road to, to hope. So, so well, my, bl- my prayer request is that you pray for me and my husband that uh, just make mountains and mountains of progress and, and be where God wants us to be and uh, be the, the Christians and the, and the people He wants us to be. And that, you know, my children and my grandchildren, that people would be put in their lives that will touch their hearts and, and water the seeds that I've tried to plant, and that they will accept uh, Christ as well. Okay, let's do that. Uh, Father, I pray for my sister as you, you know, only you really know the anguish that she's describing, or at least trying to bring about with her words, God. And, and we pray for her husband that, that he will finally come around, God. Um, after all these years, and whatever it is that's inside of him uh, that's resisting, you know, obviously the the lifelessness spiritually that he has, the darkness, but but the seeds of the gospel and the reality of life and the expressions of love, God. And we know that no one can come to the Father except drawn um, by the Spirit, you know, the work of the Spirit, the conviction of the Spirit. And we pray for those things in his life by hope, uh, with hope and by faith. And, and like we were saying with Sandra, you know, there, there's a good, it would be a, a very encouraging thing to receive a phone call uh, declaring the great work that you have done and accomplished uh, in 
this family's life and in this man's life by breaking him, uh, convicting him, and bringing him to a place of commitment and salvation, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bless, God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <clears throat> 303-690-3000 is the number, uh, and I'll give a couple uh, shout-outs to uh, other unequally yoked uh, men and women that come to Calvary. I, uh, you know, we pray for you often and, uh, and are familiar with your story, um, and some of you I don't know yet, but I know it's hard, and those of you that aren't married yet, don't do it. The Bible says don't do it. You don't need all these testimonies to convince you. Um, I mean, I'll, we can share them with you if we need to, but you don't need them. You just need to obey the word. Don't do it. And you ladies, just like I've taught my daughter, uh, you don't just want a Christian man. Uh, you want a Christian man that will lead you, that, that will take you into the throne room of God, that will love you as Christ loved the church. You, you don't want just some, any old guy that says he's a Christian. You, you want a godly man, a godly young man, who is making progress and leading you uh, as as you need, uh, loving you as you want. And uh, don't do it. 303-690-3000. Rhonda is on line three, calling from Colorado Springs. Rhonda, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Hey, I wanted to, um, first off, uh, just say God bless you for all of your words of wisdom and your ministry and your sermons. I've been listening to the Hannah sermons that you've been preaching on. Um, oh, yes. I'm a married woman of 12 years, so I've been dealing with infertility the full time, mm-hmm. the full 12 years. Um, huge desire to have children, but have not been able to um, maintain a pregnancy, so... Those um, sermons are speaking to me a lot. Um, oh, good. Um, my main reason for calling in, besides prayer for infertility, so that I can have a family, <laughs> is yes. uh, my sister's family. I have a nephew. His name is Corbin, and he's 17. And right now he's admitted into the Children's Hospital. Um, he's mm. been suicidal, and he's been diagnosed with anorexia. And um, he's refusing to eat and drink, and um, I'm standing in prayer um, that he will be delivered from this. I don't know what his relationship is with God. I know he's brought up in a Christian home, but that doesn't mean anything if you don't have a relationship with God. Right. Um, I'm having issues, like conflicts with my sister, um, because she... I don't know how to support her. I don't know how to support her biblically without trying to give advice that might be um, advice that she might not want to hear, or I try to give her everything that I can, like, I'm praying for you, I'm supporting you, I'm praying for Corbin's salvation, you know, and I I hate seeing my sister go through this. She has a husband, and she's got four other children. They're displaced now. They're in Denver. They They live in Grand Junction, but now they have to be here for Corbin because he's got to be here for the next two months in this program. And um, I just don't know what to do. I want to take it on and I want to save the world. And I know that that's not right because I'm not Jesus and I'm not Corbin's savior. Right. But I don't know what to do except for pray. 
I, I think I think that uh, in our in our zeal and our desire to see things change and our love for our family, you know, we we can come off as aggressive, uh, mm-hmm. judgmental, um, you know, opinionated, which isn't really our heart at all. Right. Although I can understand how someone could come to those conclusions as we're sharing what we know to be the truth, but we're sharing it in a time or in a place where they're just not ready. It's almost like. Um, it's almost like what happened to Job, if you remember Job and mm-hmm. his friends. They just came with such a boatload of advice and and opinions that the best thing that they did, the best thing that Job's friends did were actually in the first seven days mm-hmm. uh, of their visit. And that was they just came and sat with him and didn't say a word. And, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's not necessarily un, uh, possible in our day and age, you know, in our different relationship uh, dynamics, but but because she's in town and you have some proximity to her, you right. know, to drive up from the springs, you know, just being there with her and offering her to bring her lunch and and just taking the the place of a servant in in the in her life, and <clears throat> and what something that I like to call the the ministry of presence, mm-hmm. and and you're just there available to her, close to her, um, so that if and when. You sense an open door from the Holy Spirit, or she asks a question, or something comes up. You know, you're you you'll have a much better opportunity to speak into her life uh, when you're there than when you're not there. And then if you're right. just there to serve, bringing lunch, bringing a fa- you know, if you you guys grew up together, she has a favorite candy or right. a favorite ice cream or things that are just trying to 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 show her that acknowledging she probably knows everything that you're talking about. You know, she sees it from the other side. <clears throat> and you're not trying to explain yourself. You're not trying to back down. You're 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 acknowledging your love for her. You're just demonstrating your love for her and this serious crisis in their family because yes. uh, suicide, the rates of suicide and attempted suicide among among kids and teenagers is rising like never before. Um, the the culture is confusing uh, and difficult and. Um, I heard you correctly, right? Her son yes. tried to commit suicide. Yeah, he, yeah okay. he's um he's has anorexia, like active anorexia right now, yes. and he's refusing to eat or drink. So they're tube feeding him, and I don't know. That's awesome. What you just said—that's exactly what I need to hear. Um, with uh, with him visiting him, I don't know. I want to witness to him. I want to lead him to the Lord. I want him. I want his eternal life to be secure, because I lost a sister um, two years ago to suicide, and um, yes. <clears throat> old, our older sister, and um, it, this is just so close, and I am so afraid of the outcome. Like, I'm very scared that he could pass away, and where is his eternal life going to be, you know? And again, I want so much to save him, and I know that I'm not I'm not Jesus, and that's not my place, but do I do but, I witness to him? Like I don't want to be sure. I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to come off like too like you know like pushing it down his throat because I don't know where Witna- that line is. You know, and I'm just Wit- so I'm just so worried. Yes, definitely witness to him in the first occasion that you have. Be okay. sensitive. Be sensitive to the situation. You know, be sensitive. It's going to be all in the delivery. Really, mm-hmm. it's going to be in the delivery. You know, thinking of suicide. Remember, suicide comes from a place of hopelessness. 
So here's a kid that has re has, <clears throat> excuse me, or assessed his life. He's assessed all the ingredients of his life, and he's come. He came to a point where he just saw no way out, no way out. Um, we also know, and and these are things you just keep in the back of your mind. He may not admit it, and he doesn't need to admit it. But you know that that is possibly a big part of why he's sitting in a in a hospital room. Think of also of the reality of <clears throat> of his anorexia. His anorexia is a is an attempt to control something exactly. in a life that he probably feels like he can't control anything. And you know, and 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 there's probably some body image issues. There's probably some identity issues. I mean, the things that are facing our kids today, they they it's hard enough you know you you he probably lives on instagram and everybody looks nice and pretty right. and wonderful on instagram he, and, he, and um, <clears throat> he actually is like very sheltered he's been homeschooled he doesn't have like access to well he has access to the internet so i don't know if he's on like instagram or facebook or anything like that but it's just so bizarre this came out of like nowhere like you yeah. would look at my sister and her family and think like, oh, they have the perfect life. They've got all these kids and they've got this like, you know, all the kids are homeschooled and they're, you know, they're Christians and like this whole like life that normal. I want yeah, because I haven't been able to have a family with my husband. And then all this just comes out of the blue. And, you know, we've already had suicide in our family before. And yeah. it's just so... It's so overwhelming, and, you know, where my sister's stance is is that, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about because you've never been a mother. You know, they keep saying, well, how many kids yeah. do you have? And that's, like, that makes me feel so, it makes me want to just, like, back down and just, like, not be well, there well, let me, for them. Let me give you an answer for that, wanna... though. That's, let me give you an answer for the, for something like okay. that. You know, where your sister to say, you don't understand, you're not a mom, you've never had kids. You can simply answer, you know, you're right. Uh, I don't. Ha- I haven't been a mom. I really want to be a mom, but I haven't been a mom. You know how siblings are. Siblings always go at each other's throat, like they right. they go right back and try to defend themselves. But even though she's trying to hurt you, you're just going to choose. I'm not going to be hurt by that. There is some truth to what she's saying. I'm not a mom. I haven't raised a child to this age. It doesn't mean that I don't want to be a mom or that I don't have motherly um, instincts in me. But that that's her way of saying. Um, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I, I just want to argue with you so that I can win the argument and walk away and feel justified by my my you know what's going on in my life and and right. and what your sister doesn't understand is that she needs your input and it's a hum it's already you know she's already getting beat up by being scared by her son and what did I do wrong and how did I fail and 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 then she then her sister comes and says xyz and she's oh, all she's hearing it is I'm a failure I'm a failure I'm a failure and somehow we need to get around that and 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 it's it's you know that's where the holy spirit comes in because I remember Jesus telling the disciples that when they were arrested and when they were brought before the 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 religious rulers of the day he told them don't worry about what you're going to say because I'm going to, the Holy Spirit's going to give you, you know, you're going to have the words, I'm paraphrasing, right when you need them. And, and so when your sister tries to push you away or your, your nephew tries to push you away, you know, try to find the things that you can agree with so you can keep the conversation going yeah. and say, you know, I, I'm just speaking because I love you. I, I drove up here from the Springs because I love you. And I'll drive up here every Wednesday or every, you know, and, and begin to affirm your love for her and, and demonstrate it. 
and then being careful not to fall into the trap of when you guys were eight years old, you know, and fighting over toys. This is so much bigger, but she maybe she doesn't have any other coping skills or any other communication skills to deal with the reality that she's super afraid uh, for her son besides right. being shocked by it. And what kind of failure of a mom, you know, she just doesn't, and she doesn't want to hear how much of a failure she was, even though you're not saying that it's the mm-hmm. filter that she's living in right now. That's exactly right. And we've came from a, a quote unquote Christian home that was very abusive. My mother was very, mm-hmm. very abusive Sorry. to us growing up. And so my sister and I both carry in this hurt from our childhood yes. that, it it just echoes into this this mental illness, this whatever it is that's in my family. That it's just like it just seems to follow. And now we see Corbin where he is, and and yeah. having dealing with all this emotion. And it's just like it's so. Just it's I don't, I don't even know how to describe it in words. It's just this overload of emotion, and I just want to be supportive and. I don't want to be pushy, and I guess I'm calling just to hear some kind of hope because yes. I'm just so scared that we're going to lose him, and, and how could I have helped him, you know, like, and my sister, and just the guilt from my sister who committed suicide, and it's just like all yes. this was layers and layers and layers, and I just need God. I just need help. And and I think that the first step is just to be there and kind of consider this like, uh, you know, like a boxer. If you've ever seen boxing, you know, where mm-hmm. they get a jab in, then they get out of the way. They get right. a jab in, then they get out of the way. And so instead of punching your sister, you're, you, it's almost like you're going to love her and get out of the way and love her and get out of the way, you know, as okay. she, as she responds and as she, as she's, this is, it's going to require this, this episode with her son is a, is a call for help. And, yes. and the, the biggest change is going to be in her and her husband and in response to meeting their boy where he's at. And, you know, there's it's so a, it's a chain of things. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. I just, I was just going to say there's so much pride and I'm yeah. not, I have pride. I'm not judging them, but there's just so much pride in the, yeah. you know, like they have this like perfect life fantasy that how could this happen to our son, which totally, that's a, a, a justified question, but kind of like he was supposed to turn out perfect, and now they're voicing opinions about like how he's just like the sister that committed suicide who had mental illness, and like he's nowhere near her, you know, this he's not her, he's Corbin, you know, like, it's... It's just so well. It's it's hard, but it's not impossible. <laughs> you know what? I was just thinking: whatever impossible with man is possible with God. Yeah. And sorting through these things is very possible. You know, this is a this is a huge uh, cry for help from this young boy, and all he needs to hear is is how much we love him, how much we care for him, how important he is, um, how he knows suicide's wrong, he knows anorexia is wrong. He's, he's, he's striving, you know, somehow he's trying to communicate to us something. We don't know for sure. We have a little mm-hmm. few ideas, but we don't know for sure. And, and so we want to know. And so let's pray because we're coming up on the end of the okay. show. Okay. Okay. 
Father, we do pray for Corbin, Lord. We don't know what he's trying to say, but we ask you to give us wisdom to find out what he's saying so that we could love him and encourage him uh, so that, God, you uh, would be with Rhonda as she loves her family uh, with all the difficulties, all the dysfunction, all the things that that we share. Um, we share so many different ways. And uh, and so, Lord, we, we pray that... Uh, um, we pray that you would just be with this family and be with Rhonda and help her, Lord, to um, to minister to her sister. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Rhonda, there's a, sister uh, in our, there's a sister in our church that just texted right now because we're going to go, the show's going to be over in a second, but okay. she works at Children's from 9 to 12 on Wednesdays, and she said she would love to, to walk alongside of you to help you through this if you like. Okay, that would be so awesome. So I'm going to put you on hold. And then I'm going to send all this information to uh, Trent, who's on the on the phone over there, and he'll give it to you, okay? I'm going to copy okay. it word for word, and he'll read it to you. Cool. Awesome. Okay? Thank you. Stay in touch. I so want to know much. how God God does this, all right? All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, he's going to put you on hold. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, we're coming right at the end of the show. Uh, wow. A great ministry of the show today. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, for calling, for texting for praying with us. God is on the move and he's working in amazing, wonderful ways. And it's not hopeless. What's impossible with man is possible with God. Love you guys. Pray for us. 9 a.m. in the morning. Uh, Pastor's breakfast. (laughs) God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.